Those of you that don't know, we have been doing a series called You Asked For It. And basically, we polled people and asked them, if we were to preach a message, what would you want to hear us talk about? And it was incredible, y'all's responses. Everybody really had different things from people wanting to hear about aliens to all kinds of stuff. It was really awesome. But um, unfortunately, we weren't able to do everything that people asked for. But we did boil it down to five messages. And this is part four of our series. Uh, so far, we We've talked about stress, how to deal with stress. We've talked about how to share your faith. We've talked about biblical parenting. And today we are going to talk about how to deal with disappointment, how to deal with disappointment. It's been an awesome series. We're going to be in John uh, chapter 16, verse 33, and we're reading in the Amplified Translation because we all know that is the Bible that Jesus reads. Uh, next week, Brian's going to be finishing up the series. I'm really excited about that, and so it's going to be great. Make sure to be here for that. And then, isn't it awesome? We're going to have Josh Carter in the house on November 8th. We're really excited about that. Josh is a great friend of Brian and mine, and he's been wanting to come here since we launched the church. And uh, so, but he's really excited to be here with us. So be sure and make plans to come. November 8th is going to be awesome. We're excited. So with all that said, John chapter 16, verse 33, it says this, I told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain and undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of the power to harm you and have conquered it for you. That's so good, isn't it? Can we just pray this morning as we get started? Jesus, I just thank you that this is a God-appointed word at a God-appointed time. Father, I thank you that every heart is softened, every ear be open. And Lord, I just thank you that every life will be changed, that no one will leave the same. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen, amen. You know, um, have you guys, I don't know about you guys, but we, as Roy Cityites, we spend a lot of time on the road, uh, which in other news is it's a new day in Roy City. For those of you that don't know, CVS opened yesterday. Yes, it's true. We have a place where we can buy things like Tylenol cold and sinus, and we don't have to drive all the way to Rockwall. It's really a brand new day. I don't know how to function in life now that we have this metropolitan grocery store called CVS. We're no longer solely shopping at the Family Dollar. My kids are happy because our cabinet will be largely expanded now. Um, but we were driving the other day, and I don't. I know most of you moms are really awesome. You have it all together, but for me, it was a four. 45 and I realized I had no food in my house to feed my children and so I did what any good mom does you load up your kids and drive all the way to Rockwall to go to the grocery store and we hadn't done homework and so Bear had a book in the car and I was supposed to take back to the library a week ago, but that's a whole nother story. Um, and he had a book in the car, and I'm like, Bear, read to me on the way there. And we're reading as we're driving down the road, and everybody knows that Roy City roads are like this, right? You know, like, it's like you're in the love boat. I mean, it's just like it's rocking everywhere. I feel like the disciples with Jesus out on the storm when you're driving down our roads. And, and he's reading, and the book's, like, going everywhere. And he kept saying the same line over and over and over. And 
And I'm like, Bear, you already read that part. He's like, yeah, I know. And, and I'm like, read it again. And he reads the same part again. I'm like, for the love of the Lord, we've read the same sentence now for the last five minutes. And he just keeps going over and over. And finally, I'm like, baby, there's other parts of that story than what you're reading. You're, you're getting hung up on one part. Come on, we got to press on past this. And in the end, how funny it was. I thought about this scripture verse in John 16, uh, 33. Let's put it back up there real quick. Because here Jesus is in his final moments and he's talking to his disciples and he tells them this in the world you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration but be of good cheer see what I want you to see here is that I think a lot of times when we get in a place of disappointment we're like bear driving down the road reading the story of our life and we're stuck in the middle of our sentence And we're reading the same thing over and over and over and over. See, if Jesus would have stopped the sentence right there, that you're going to have trouble and frustration and distress, that sounds like really discouraging word. But what I want you to know is that your disappointment will always come with a good part on the end of the sentence. And so many times I think in our lives we get stuck in the middle of our sentence when God's trying to make a statement. And in that statement there's a paragraph. And in that paragraph, there's a page and in that page there's a chapter and in that chapter there's a story and so many times I think in our life we let one disappointment one setback one bad break and all of a sudden we're like my son and we're reading the same part the same sad story and God wants to say something bigger and I want to encourage you today I don't know how you came in and and my heart was really troubled as I prepared this message because I don't know what you were feeling when you typed in that you wanted help because you you're disappointed. And I want to tell you that there's no disappointment too great that God can't turn it into a God appointment. I want to encourage you that God wants to do something big in your life, that what you see is the end of your story is only the beginning of your story. That I want to encourage some of you that today in this place that God still has a pen in his hand and he's still writing the story. And where you put a period, God wants to put a comma and he wants to finish it with a good thing. Because here Jesus Jesus tells them, he says, hey, listen, you're in this world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trials and distress and frustration. But here's the good part. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, and undaunted, for I have overcome the world. Man, that's exciting. So in, in thinking about this, I thought about this, that there's three kinds of disappointment you're going to face in your life. Three kinds. Somebody say three. Say it like you mean it. Say three. There's three kinds of disappointment. The first kind of disappointment is what I experienced last night watching the Aggie football game. It's ridiculous. Seriously, I think I could have coached that team better. I mean, everybody knew Murray needed to go in in the second quarter. Anyways, pray for me. I'm still in recovery. Um, so the first kind of disappointment is when the desired outcome doesn't happen. You planned for something. You prayed for something, you had your hope in something, and it didn't happen. The second kind of disappointment is when you achieve the desired outcome, but it doesn't make you happy. Christians, I think most Christians live right here. Because we're always living, uh, Christians are really good about talking about one day when I enter into my promised land. And, and the promised land is always this vague destination that's on the sweet by and by. And it's like they're never going to get there. They're never going to be able to obtain it. And, and, and when they do get there, can I just challenge you? You're probably living in your promised land. 
It's just it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like. And a lot of times we think if we could just have that job, then I'll be happy. If I, if I can just get married, then I'll be happy. If I could have kids, then I will be happy. If my kids will move out, then I'll be happy. And it's like we're living for one-day happiness that never arrives. Have you ever realized that one day never shows up? And, and we're constantly getting the, what we thought we wanted, and we realize that we're disappointed because it just hasn't made us happy. The third kind of disappointment is unexpected circumstances. Unexpected circumstances. These are the ones that you could have never foreseen. It was the layoff that happened. It was the divorce. It was the death of a loved one. It was an unexpected diagnosis. It, this is unexpected circumstances. Disappointment in the Crystal New Webster's definition means this. Disappointment is when what we wanted doesn't match our reality. That's, that's what I would call a disappointment to me, is what I saw in my heart it doesn't look like what I see with my eyes. The two aren't making sense. They're not lining up together. And so with all that said, how do we, how do we deal with this? And, and there's two ways that we usually cope. And these are wrong ways to cope, but I want you to write them down because I guarantee that you probably are in one of these two categories. The first way that we usually cope is we just self-medicate. We just, we just self-medicate. We, we get busy because we think, well, if I, if I lost the job there, if I didn't get the interview and I didn't get the job, then I'll just, I'll just work harder. Because if I work harder then in an attempt to qualify myself, then the next time I get the interview, I'll be better ready and I'll get the job. I'll just pull myself up by my own bootstraps. Or, or we'll do this. When we get really disappointed, we get ourselves so busy that we don't have time to think about it. So we fill every moment of our day with something. Americans are terrible at this. Uh, we fill every moment of our day with something because we don't want to have time to think. We, we don't know what it is to drive down the road with just the silence of the wheels turning on the highway because we've got to fill every moment because we're so afraid to think about the disappointment. We don't want to visit those thoughts, so we keep every moment of our day cram-packed full so our mind can't think about it. Or, or we do this. We, we turn to alcohol because we're scared to feel fear feelings of disappointment. So we self-medicate with alcohol, with drugs, or oh, maybe you're critical of that, but let's break it down to where you are. Uh, you self-medicate with food. Come on, somebody. Some cake, some sprinkles, some ice cream. I'm talking a whole half gallon of Bluebell and, and sitting on the couch. Come on, somebody. It's been a hard day. We self-medicate with things because we just want something to make us feel better, make us feel okay. And the sad thing is that never deals with your issue. Here's the other way that we do it. So the first way was self-medicate. The second way we deal with it is we just tell ourselves we need to be strong. Because in our society, we think being strong gets rewarded. And so we just need to tell myself, we just tell ourselves, I just need to suck it up. I just need to deal with it. And you can tell you're one of those people because you go through stuff and people in your life tell you, you're so strong. And you wear it like it's a badge of honor, but inside, you're about to implode. Inside, you're about to explode, and everybody sees you're like a walking time bomb because all those feelings and all those emotions, and you're trying to look like you've got it all together for everybody else and be strong. You know what? Being strong is overrated. You need to have a place. You need to have people that you can go and talk to and that you can be real with. That's why we love our community groups here at the church because I need a group of people that I don't have to be Pastor Crystal with. I need a group of people that 
I can come in and say, I'm having a hard week. I need somebody to pray for me because I'm not that strong and I don't have it together. And sometimes I need somebody to tell me, hey, you're going to get through this thing. It's going to be okay. So the sad thing is, is both of these have a beach ball effect. My kids, how, how many of your kids love to get a beach ball and take it in the pool and try to hold it underwater? Um, Brian taught my kids this awesome trick where they stick it underwater and they try to ride it like it's a rodeo and sit on it for as long as possible. And then the beach ball always comes flying out their backside and they think that's hilarious. It's the best part of the whole swimming pool experience is watching the beach ball fly out. And the funny thing is, is when you put a small ball in the water, you can hold it under pretty easily. But the bigger the ball, the harder it is to hold it under. And the stronger you have to be. But finally, the ball can reach a size that it doesn't matter how strong you are. You can't hold it under any longer. It's got to come to the surface. And the problem with self-medicating and just trying to be strong is we're making this beach ball in our life so big. And we're trying to hold it under so nobody sees it. We're trying to hold it under so we can act like we have it all together. And I just want to tell you that you can never be strong enough to hold it down. Eventually, you're going to have to release what's inside. So the two ways that we deal with it, we either release or we recycle. And recycle means it keeps going back into the beach ball. So we think we go from one disappointment to the next. That's why couples who are married, if you, yeah, sure, you get in a fight and you go to bed and you wake up and like everything's fine, but that beach ball's growing. It's growing. And then when you get in a fight, she brings up everything from 10 weeks ago and you're wondering what happened. The problem was the beach ball grew. You were just holding it underwater. So you thought that it was gone. But eventually it's going to come to the surface. You've got to release the pressure or else it's going to surface at some point. So how do we handle it God's way? How do we handle it God's way? In the next 10 minutes, we're going to go over this. Are you guys ready? Here we go. The first thing, I love this because this is what my pastor always says, is that you cannot saw sawdust. I love that. You cannot saw sawdust. The first step to get over disappointment, you can't saw sawdust. In other words, this, most people spend most of their time reliving past situations. If I would have then, what I should have said was, if I would have handled that differently, then maybe. Here's the thing is you can't saw sawdust. When, when you go to make a new chair, you don't go out to the wood shop and sweep up the sawdust and say, okay, what can I make with this? You let it go. That's, that's old material. Quit, quit trying to remake new things with old things and let the past go. Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together for good for those who love Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you that what came into your life may not have been a good thing, but God can make it into a good thing. Quit being in a place of disappointment about your past. The next thing we need to do is redefine. Redefine. I always tell people that I think that I think that when we are disappointed, when you feel that sting of disappointment, it lets me know that my trust stopped being on God and it started being on people or on circumstances. And so many times we have disappointment in relationships, in situations. And I'll, I'll just put it to you this way because maybe this will make more sense. You don't go for nachos to a Chinese food restaurant. 
You never walk into a Chinese food restaurant and they ask you, what do you want? And you go, yeah, I'll take the nachos. You don't do that. You go in there and you're like, I want some fried rice. Come on, somebody. I I want some pod stickers, some egg rolls, because you know what they can deliver. And a lot of times I think we try to make people be things that they're not supposed to be. And we try to make circumstances be what they were never intended to be. And so we find ourselves disappointed. Maybe if you loved your spouse for who he is, you would stop being disappointed with them. Maybe if you loved your life for what it is, you would stop being disappointed with it. Let's just begin to love our life and be what we're called to be. A vacuum is not made to wash dishes. And, and if I tried to wash dishes with my vacuum, then I'd always think my vacuum was broken. And some of you, I think that you think that relationships in your life are broken. No, you're just expecting the wrong things out of them. If, if a person keeps letting you down in the same area all the time, accept that they don't know how to love you the way that you want to be loved. And that's okay. That is okay. The next thing that we do, number three, is we, uh, comparison. Comparison. We, we compare our story with everybody else's story. We, we compare, we, we look at where other people are. I'm just going to be real. I went to a conference the other day, and this guy's up there, and he's like, man, when I was 22, I had 500 people in my student ministry. And when I was 26, I packed out the Reliance Center. And then when I was 28, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I mean, I I don't even know what I'm doing. And he was talking about, uh, then I was in uh, T.D. Jakes with Project Gideon, and he's got a select few group of leaders that he has in, and he pours into us for 48 hours. And he's like, when I was 27, I was preaching on the tabernacle. I'm like, I have never preached on the tabernacle. What am I doing with my life? Some of you don't even know what tabernacle is. It sounds like a Christmas ornament, doesn't it? And and I'm like, that's because I haven't taught you on it. I I don't know it myself. Get T.D. Jake's message. I'm sure it's great. Um, But here's the thing is if I compared my story to his story or their story, I would always feel like I'm coming up short. And the same way with you. Sometimes I hear girls all the time, I thought I would be married by now. Who said you should have been married by now? You know when you should get married is when the right guy comes into your life. Well, I thought I would have had kids by now. I thought I would have. We have these deadlines for ourselves that really mean nothing. Just just take all the pressure off and stop comparing your story to somebody else's story. The next thing that we need to do is we need to enjoy the journey. This is the one I hate. I'm not good at this. (laughs) I'm a little uptight, and um, those that are on our team, they'll tell you that I I live by spreadsheets and and timelines, and I like everything to be in its place, and and I tell Ruby all the time, I know this doesn't matter, but it really does matter to me, and I'm trying for it to not matter. And and here we are, and for me, uh, Mama knows if I call her and I say that I want something, and she'll say, when do you want it? And I'll say, two weeks ago. I wanted it two weeks ago. She goes, you just now told me. I know, but you should have read my mind. I wanted it two weeks ago and enjoy the journey people tell me this all the time it's like I need to learn something here but just enjoy the journey and have you seen that thing on Facebook where it says that your plan and it shows like a perfect straight line that your plan to your destiny was like a perfect straight line but how it really went is like this all the loops and the curves and and the truth is is that there's no quick direction to where you're going in life enjoy the journey the ups the downs, the good times, the bad. Just look at every situation and say, what can I get from this? The next thing 
is to focus on what's right. Focus on what is right. I'll show you this example. Can you put the first screen up there for me, Michael? The first screen. So what do we have here? What do you see on the screen? It's a white screen, right? Is there anything on this screen? No, it's just what? It's a white screen. Put the next one up for me. What do we have on the screen? It's a black circle. But isn't it funny that there's still more white than there is black? There's still more white than there is black. But in our minds, we say it's a black circle. It's kind of like when there's a 40% chance of rain. There's 60% chance that there's no rain, but you're convinced it's going to rain. And, and this is what disappointment does. It draws all of our focus to it. And we forget when we're going through a time of disappointment that there's more white space in our life than dark space. There's more good happening in your life right now than there is bad. And if you'll change your focus, all of a sudden now the white seems a whole lot bigger than the black, doesn't it? Um, Bear, I picked him up from school one day and the kids were going around the car. This is my favorite. And uh, Braylee, I was like, Braylee, how was your day today? Oh, mom, it was so good. I made 100 on my spelling test, made 99 on my reading. She's going down the list. I got three gold stars. I got a color up, you know, where they get the color up from the green. And she was telling everything good. My teacher is so proud of me. She put a smiley face on my little planner. And I was like, well, that's great. And then we came to Bear. And I was like, well, Bear, how was your day? He goes, well, I didn't get a color change. I'm like, that's awesome. That's great. That's very good, son, very good. And he goes, and I almost made 100 on my test. I was like, you almost made 100. Well, great. So that means you made like a 99, right? That's what I'm thinking as a mom. I'm trying to be positive. Well, you almost made 100. How does one almost make 100, Bear? And he goes, I said, what was your real score? He goes, I made a 55. And I said, Bear, I thought you said you almost made 100. He said, well, when she first passed it out, it was 100. I was like, oh, my gosh, Bear. And I laughed so hard. But I thought, isn't that how we should look at our lives? Instead of saying, well, I made a 55, I almost made 100. And as a mom, I couldn't even discipline him because I'm like, well, at least he's positive, you know. I mean, if you're going to fail, do it with style. And, uh, and, and isn't that the way we should be in our lives? Yeah, sure, all these things went wrong. But let me tell you about what went right. Let me tell you about what God is doing. And it is amazing whenever we change our focus, how everything seems to get better when we change what we're looking at. Uh, the next thing we need to do is number six, maybe. Uh, I'm like, this is a 15,000-point message, okay? Uh, bring your questions to God. Bring your questions to God. Psalms 5, verse 3 says that every morning you'll hear me at it again. Every morning I lay before you the pieces of my life. I love that scripture. You know, it's okay to ask God your questions. God isn't intimidated by your questions. Um, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says that the secret things belong to the Lord. And one of the best things I ever heard in my life is that it's okay to not have it all figured out. And sometimes I think we're not able to embrace life for what it is because we don't understand why it isn't, why, why it didn't work out, why things didn't come together, why you did lose that job, why you didn't make the interview, why, why that person did leave you, why that relationship didn't pan out. It's okay to not have all the answers. 
the next thing I want to encourage you is to just not quit. Don't quit. Romans 4.18 says this. It says that who contrary, this is talking about Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. See, I want to let you know today that disappointment isn't really about the circumstance. It's about the call on your life. And the enemy knows that if he can get you discouraged, then he can take away your hope. And if he takes away your hope, he takes away your faith. And if he takes away your faith, then that means you're going to be living that first part of the sentence over and over and over again. And see, a lot of times when we're going through something, we think it's about that. But let me just tell you that the enemy can defeat easily a discouraged, disappointed Christian. But if we can stay in hope, see, I love this, that Abraham had no reason to believe. He had no reason to hope that God would do something big. But he knew this, that if I can just stay in hope, if I can just believe that it's possible, if I can just stay in a place of faith, that God, you really do work all things together for our good, then God's going to surely work it out. I love Thomas Edison because it took him 10,000 tries to figure out the light bulb. And when they asked him about it, he said I, about his failing 10,000 times, I love this, and I'm sure you've heard it. But he says, I have not found, failed. I just found 10,000 ways that it won't work. He just chose to not quit. Success is not final. Failure is not final. But quitting always is. Just don't quit. When you're in a place of disappointment, the main thing that it's going to want you to do is to just throw in the towel, to just call it off to just retreat, to go back. And I want to encourage you, let's focus on what God is doing. Let's, let's shift our focus and let's believe God that he's going to do something good in this situation. I know it doesn't look good. I know that it looks impossible, but I want to encourage you that we serve a God that makes all things possible. And he is very, very good. And I'm just wanting to declare this over you again, that in the world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trials. You're going to have distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage and be confident, for he has overcome the world. In other words, this, the God inside of you is bigger than anything that's going to come up against you. You're going to get through this thing. At the end of this season, it's going to come a better season. There's always tomorrow. It's going to get better. Amen.